Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. First thing you got to learn is you don't listen to losers because it's the fastest who gets paid. Fire it up when you're ready. Fire it up. Fire it up. And it's a race from here on, no matter what happens. He's got him this time. And here they come on turn four. Must go faster. It's going to be a drag race. Wow. They touch, they touch. Oh, my God. He's going to do it. It's a video game move. Have you ever? No, I've never. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> you ain't first. You're last. Welcome to Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Giffen, predictive analyst here at Action Network. And joining me, as always, my good friend Stephen Young of Roto-Grinders, better known as Stevie TPFL. And this week, we are talking bets for the Cran 301 at New Hampshire Motor Speedway here on Running Hot. Last weekend's race at Atlanta was another rain-shortened affair. William Byron prevailed to claim his fourth win of the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series season. Puts him back on top of the point standings as well. That's despite a 60-point penalty. He's still leading the points. That's pretty crazy. He finished ahead of Team Trackhouse's Daniel Suarez and Colleg Racing's AJ Allmendinger rounded out the podium in third. So Stevie, admittedly, I didn't get to watch most of the race. I fell asleep partway through because I was having some travel difficulties, traveling for a better collective summit that we had. So hopefully you got to watch the race. What was your reaction to Atlanta? I mean, it was great, really. There was a little bit of single file racing, but we had talked about on the podcast last week how track position has become so much more important on super speedways with a new car. Well, the teams know that too. We saw a lot more moves. We saw a lot more blocking. We saw, I mean, phenomenal racing. It was fantastic. It stinks that the weather came and how the race kind of ended. I know there was a lot of people that were complaining about how the race ended, but NASCAR made the right call. I mean, if you're a NASCAR fan, you remember what happened at Daytona last year. They went into turn one and wrecked 20 cars. So when you're on a super speedway, it's not racing at like Richmond, where if it's like misting at Richmond, sure. You could probably run 10, 15 laps before you really have to say, hey, you know, we're going to call it. But at Atlanta, you go into the turn on those high banks, man, on this type of drafting track, you're going to wreck 20 cars. So I think NASCAR made the right call. I think the racing was fantastic. The Fords weren't as good as they were earlier this year. So, I mean, that's something to kind of put it in the back of our head for we have Talladega and Daytona coming up. So they were strong and they could push, but the Chevys and Toyotas could push a lot as well. 
when a Ford's out front, I mean, they're so hard to pass. So a lot of a lot of takeaways from Atlanta. Fantastic race. I mean, it was the best Atlanta race that we've had with the new car. So, I mean, that's a win, right? That means we're going in the right direction. We knew the drivers and teams were going to make strides on these types of tracks. And that, that definitely happened this week. So good week for the podcast. I think we went six for nine. We had a really good week. So hopefully we can keep that rolling here to New Hampshire. Yeah, let's keep that momentum rolling, like you said, to New Hampshire, which we are heading to for the first time in the 2023 season. New Hampshire is a one-mile flat track. It's a what we call a true oval, so it has 180-degree turns on each end and then two straightaways, rather than something like a tri-oval or a quad-oval where we've got kind of that D-shaped dog leg in the middle of one of the straightaways there. So New Hampshire, one-mile flat, true oval. And so it does fit into this short flat category, but it is unique among, you know, we got all of our short flat tracks are kind of individually unique. It is a one mile track like Phoenix is, but Phoenix is more banked. It's faster. It's, it's trioval shaped, like I said, and then Richmond also trioval shaped. It's shorter, has massive tire fall off, whereas New Hampshire is kind of in the middle between Phoenix and Richmond. So definitely unique. So what are we going to expect from, you know, racing at New Hampshire? What do we typically expect from racing in New Hampshire? And should it be any different this year with this lower downforce package? We have a lower downforce package and we have a tire we've never run before. So April 25th, I think, was the test. It was Christopher Bell, Chase Elliott, and Brad Keselowski. So it's a new tire that we've never run anywhere, either side. So both codes, both sides, it's designed to give you more grip without putting the tire pressure way down, which we've had issues in the past with, with the new cars. So, I mean, a lot of question marks. And now we're looking at like question marks of, are we going to use rain tires? Because the weather does not look great on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. It's looking a little better on Saturday. And honestly, for me, as someone that wants to analyze bet and play fantasy on this race, I'd rather it be dry on Saturday so we can kind of get an idea of who's fast than anywhere else. But I mean, looking at Richmond, Gateway, Phoenix, sure, because we want to have something to look at. Putting it as an end-all, no. I mean, New Hampshire is kind of unique, like you mentioned. So past New Hampshire data, I know we have a new car, but I mean, this is a racetrack where if you're running a line, you're probably going to be able to run that line in any kind of car. So it's a track that's going to translate into, you know, who's been fast here recently. It translated into that last year. So using a little bit of Recent data from New Hampshire, some data from Phoenix, Richmond, and Gateway. And then just looking at raw speed for this year. I mean, it hasn't failed us yet, so who's been fast? Let's keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Who has been fast? And I think it's interesting you mentioned the tire test. You said it's designed to give more grip without having to lower the tire pressure. So what that says to me, a softer compound. And in that case, if we have a softer compound, the tire wear is going to be higher simply because that's what happens with a softer compound tire. You get that more grip and it gives you more speed early in the run, but later in the run, you're going to have more fall off. So I do think we're going to have some more fall off maybe than we've seen in the past at New Hampshire, adding in the fact that we also got the lower downforce, which makes it harder to keep grip through the corner. So you're going to slide a little bit more. So I think we could see a bit more fall off at New Hampshire this year than we've seen at years past, just based off of, like you said, with the tire compound change, and then also the lower down force. So should be pretty interesting. You mentioned the data used for New Hampshire, and it is very much a track history track, but it's not only that. Like you said, 
How are you doing this year? That is going to be a big part of it. And how have you done it? Some of the other similar tracks this year, because I think we are going to mentally want to adjust certain drivers upward or downward based off of how they've performed this year compared to previous years, how they've performed. Let's just look at William Byron, for example. The dude's absolutely crushing it this year. He hasn't had great New Hampshire results over the past, but he also hasn't run as well in the past as he's running this year. Not that he ran poorly in the past, but he's just far and away a standout driver this year compared to his previous years. So that's exactly what you mean. We kind of have to adjust that New Hampshire performance relative to where his current form is is so that is our new hampshire preview it is time to dive into some bets as always we're going to take you for a lap around new hampshire that's four turns one pick from each of us per turn before we drive into victory lane as usual so stevie we're taking the green flag time to dive into turn one at new hampshire motor speedway this is ryan blaney and we're running hops all right stevie lead us in to the first turn yeah, I'm going to go with one of the test drivers, Brad Keselowski, top 10, minus 104. I'm just going to take the two days that they got to test and say, I love the actual track time that they got. They're the only three drivers that have run with this tire on this track with this package. That's all the data I need to know for a top 10 bet. You can look at where he finished last year, finished seventh. We talked about this being a track where you know track history matters. So, I mean, Keselowski has been a top 10 driver at this track for years now like if we look at the data four top tens in the last five races here we can keep looking at the data further than that but this is a type of track that keselowski has always been good at so knowing that he's been good at this type of track knowing that like this team as a whole has taken a huge step this year from where they were at last year the extra track time is just huge for me so getting two days of track time weather potentially an issue this weekend give me keselowski for a top 10 at minus 104 yeah, for sure. He was definitely, like you said, hanging around that top 10 all race last year, finished seventh, and then add in the tire test this year. Chris Buescher had a pretty decent race at this track last year as well. Finished, I think, in the mid-teens, but it shows those teams, those RFK drivers, those cars were capable of running inside the top 10. Now they've taken maybe even more of a step forward this year, and they got the test in there. So I like that pick. For my turn one pick, I'm going to go to a guy I'm, I'm pretty high on this week, and that is Ross Chastain. I'm going to take him plus 330 in his group. And this group is against Team Penske's Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney, as well as Tyler Reddick of 2311. So Ross Jastain, just at New Hampshire, each of the last two years, he's finished eighth. But two years ago, that was when he was with Chip Ganassi Racing, no longer exists here in the Cup Series. But he finished eighth in Ganassi equipment. Last year, he finished eighth in Trackhouse equipment while winning this exact group. That's before these Penske drivers seem to have gotten a little bit worse this year on these shorter flat track, this type of package. It does seem like it's hurt Penske quite a bit, especially with that Ford nose. So winning this group last year and now probably having a relative advantage from last year to this year versus those two Penske cars is really nice. And Tyler Reddick's the only other driver here, and Reddick hasn't exactly lit it up at New Hampshire. I don't dislike Reddick this week, as we'll talk about, but I think it's close enough to where Ross Chastain should not be over plus 300. I think he should be arguably the favorite in this group, and they have him listed as the longest shot here. Even if we just go look at like all of the stage finishes last year, not just the end of the race where Ross Chastain finished eighth ahead of these other three drivers, 
but only in one of the stages did one of the drivers finish ahead of Chastain. So he was arguably the best of these four drivers last year over the whole race at New Hampshire. So I'm going to go Ross Chastain plus 330 in this group against Logano, Blaney, and Reddick. Yeah, I think this group, I mean, all four of these guys could be like plus 225. So I feel like this is just a straight value bet. We love value bets early in the week. This is just straight value. You're not saying, I think Chastain is going to dominate this group. I'm just saying he shouldn't be plus 330. So I like it. We've seen that Blaney and Logano in years past have been good at this type of racetrack. Reddick, I mean, Kurt Busch was one of the best cars here last year. So he's coming into a great situation in a Toyota, which you're going to talk about later when you get into another bet. But just betting value here. And if you bet value all year and you're betting good value, you're going to come out ahead at the end of the year. So I like betting value early in the week. Yeah, for sure. So that is turn one. And now it is time to roll the corner into turn two. I'm Denny Hamlin, and this is turn two here on Running Hot. All right, you got a good one here for us, Stevie, in turn two. Yeah, going to a race winner. Martin Truex Jr., plus 700. This is plus 550 in a lot of places. So jumped on this early. He's by far the best car here last year. He led 172 laps. This is a great racetrack type for him. Since joining JGR in 2019, he's won on seven flat tracks. So, I mean, between Martinsville, Richmond, New Hampshire, he's he's just fast on this type of racetrack. We know that Toyota definitely has hit on something. We saw it at Nashville. We saw it at Gateway. This is a type of track where if I can get Truex at 7-1 to early in the week, I don't think it's going to get any better than this. So I'm jumping on this one early. Yeah, it's definitely not going to get any better than this, especially if he qualifies towards the front. So definitely a bet you want to make if you're going to grab it early on. So Martin Truex Jr. 701 can't argue against that for sure. I'm going to stay here in the Toyota camp in turn two, but I'm going to go outside of JGR. I'm going to take 2311 to win at 12 to one. So in this bet, we're taking either Bubba Wallace or Tyler Reddick to win. Now, if we look just at the longest odds available, let's say on you know the Action Network app, the Action Dashboard, if you want to look at it, the Bet Center presented by BetMGM that we have, actionnetwork.com slash NASCAR, the longest odds you can get on Tyler Reddick are 18-1. to The longest odds you can get on Bubba Wallace right now are 30-1. to Well, if you do the math on those and just take those implied percentages, that means together at their very shortest I should say, you know, right. If you were, if we were to take 25 to one and and 12 to one or something, they'd be much higher than this number. But if we take their longest numbers each and add them together, that gets eight and a half percent to win between Tyler Reddick and Bubba Wallace, which is plus 1076 as fair value. And we're getting 12 to one. So we can actually just beat the individual odds by lumping these two guys together as 2311. And that's a better way to do it. So if you're planning on betting Tyler Reddick, if you're planning on betting Bubba Wallace, Bet them together, and that gets us even more value rather than betting them individually. Now, in this bet, we're getting Bubba Wallace, who finished third here last year. You think a guy who finished third here couldn't factor into a race win? Absolutely, he could. Then we get Tyler Reddick, and like I said, he hasn't been super great at New Hampshire, but now we get to finally see what he can do in Toyota equipment. I'm excited to see what Tyler Reddick can do here in the 2311, which is essentially just JGR equipment, right? So I'm very excited. I think both of these guys can win and both should put on a good race. And if Toyota does end up being the the manufacturer to beat, and I'm, I'm not so sure they will be, but if they do end up being the manufacturer to beat, lumping in these two guys together on the same bet, 23-11 to win 12-1 to 1 is just too much value there. 
Yeah, so I get excited because every week when you open up the odds, it's like, oh, Chevy is such a huge favorite that you get Toyota or Ford if you want to bet manufacturers. Well, not this week. So <laughs> I love the Toyotas this week. I think Toyota's in a phenomenal spot. So 23.11 to win is not crazy, in my opinion. I do think that Bubba is just undervalued in general this week. Talk about that here in just a second. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Kurt Busch was extremely fast here last year. Tyler Reddick is really good everywhere. We have a new tire and a new package here. We have no idea what it's going to look like. So I don't hate this at all. Yeah, you mentioned it. We got a new tire. We got a new package. We're not quite sure how things are going to be the same. And I noticed turns one and two. We were all over the place. We had a Ford. We had a Chevy. We had some Toyotas. So I think we're going to see more of that in turns three and four. NASCAR betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Stevie, lead us into turn three. I'm Austin Dillon, driver of the number three, and this is turn three here on Running Hot. Hey, you know, you just talked about 2311, so I'm going to kind of piggyback here. Bubble Wall is top 10, plus 150 at BetMGM. I hope you listened to the podcast earlier. This line's not going to stick for very long. I checked again right before we started. It's still plus 150 as the time we're recording this. It's minus some places. It's plus 110 most places that I saw. So getting this at plus 150 on MGM, jump on this now because he ranks 12th in speed on two of the three short flats this season. He's always excelled at short flats. We've talked about him a few times already on short flats. Nick was just talking about how he finished third here last year while running inside the top six for most of that race. He's going to be fast out of the truck if I had to, you know, I'm putting money on it, really. So I really like Bubba Wallace top 10 at plus 150. Line is fantastic. This is value. Like this is a bet that I have in my model at plus 110. So I, I love getting at plus 150. You're right. I mean, this is pretty close to a coin flip here on whether he could finish inside the top 10. I'd say a little... You know, just a little above a coin flip, and you said your model is plus 110, so that's about right. That's about where my model has this as well. So I'll be with you on this top 10 bet, Bubba Wallace plus 150 at MGM For my turn three pick, as much as we love the Toyotas, Chevy winning manufacturer <laughs> plus 185 is just too long. Just too long for as many good drivers 
as there are in that camp, despite the Toyota dominance at this track last year and in recent years, Larson and Byron are two of the top three in my model. A lot of that is just Byron's current form is just through the roof, like we said. Then you've got Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain, Kyle Busch. They all rank well with at least 6% to win in my model. Told you I'm really high on Chastain this week. Elliott was part of that tire test, as you mentioned. We know Bowman. Alex Bowman is capable of putting together a race win at this track type. He's won at Richmond. He's won at Martinsville. Nearly won at Phoenix. We know he's capable of putting together a race win at this track type. And if we get more fall off as potentially expected, that plays to Bowman's favor as well, because he does really well at fall off tracks. So just those six drivers, Larson Byron, Elliott Chastain, Kyle Busch, and Alex Bowman, get me well past plus 185 as fair value. Then you can add in a small percent for all the other Chevys, notably like Daniel Suarez comes to mind. He finished inside the top 10 here last year. Uh, he had a top 10 run at Gateway earlier this year, which is kind of a similar track as well. It was in the intermediate package, but it is a one and a quarter mile sort of true oval there as well. So, you know, I think... We can factor in a few other Chevys as maybe small percents in case things go crazy if there's rain, as there potentially is just a lot of uncertainty. Plus 185 is too long. I've got this down to like plus 130 as fair value. So I bet it just in case my model's too high on the Chevys, I bet it down to like plus 140 or something like that. I mean, you nailed it, right? Larson and Byron. Byron's been fast everywhere this year. It hasn't mattered the track type or what we're racing or anything. He's just been fast at every single racetrack. And I know it sounds like a broken record because like I came on here before the season started and said I was going to be high on Byron, but mm-hmm. dang, if I wasn't right, I mean, he's been great everywhere. So just the fact that you're getting this at plus 185 seems like great value. So again, another value bet. I, I like this one a lot as much as I love Toyota. I love Toyota this week, but I mean, Larson, Byron, Elliot was in the test, so he has extra track time. So yeah. He's already good at short flats. I mean, it all it all kind of adds up to Byron Larson, Elliot Bush, like you mentioned, Chastain, Bowman. I mean, too many good drivers for this line to be plus 185. Most weeks, for for instance, most weeks, Chevy comes in at plus 115 to plus 125 on yep. winning manufacturer. And it, it's a good way to hedge against these Toyota bets, right? It's a natural plus EV hedge because it's just too long. The line at plus 185 is too long, but it's a good hedge against that 23, 11 to win, 12 to one. It's a good hedge against your Truex pick to win seven to one. I think you're going to have another uh, Toyota in here in a little bit. So it becomes a natural hedge and it gives us a lot of options to win while making a profit either way. So that's another reason that I like that bet. But that is turn three. We got one more turn. Let's roll the corner through turn four. I'm Noah Gregson, and this is Turn 4 here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, final corner here. Let's get off the corner good. What do you got in Turn 4? It wasn't on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) William Byron over Ryan Blaney, minus 125. I'm going to pay a little juice here, but I've been so high on William Byron this year. I'm not going to stop now. He ranks first in speed on the three short flats this season, while Blaney is ranked eighth. Byron's average running position in those three races is 4.2. Blaney's is 10.4. Blaney has won two of the three head-to-heads this year on these racetracks, but by far, Byron has had the most speed. He's gotten a little unlucky. I like taking luck out of things when I'm looking at bets, and Byron's been the best car out of these two guys. I'll pay the juice at minus 125. Give me Byron over Blaney this week. Stevie, with the NASCAR luck rankings, (laughs) taking the luck out of the (laughs) equation. I love it. Speaking right to my heart there. But I actually, it's funny. I almost wrote up this bet myself. So I'm right there with you. I 
totally agree on everything you said on this William Byron pick. So for my turn four pick, like I said, in turns one and two, we had all the manufacturers. So far in turns three and four, we've just had a couple Chevys and Bubba Wallace. So I'm going to go to the Ford camp. I'm going to go a little crazy here. I'm going to take Michael McDowell to finish as the top Ford at 75 to one. Now we're not putting a big bet on this. Just throw a little sprinkle. I've got you know 0.1 units or something like that on this. But for me, if you look at Michael McDowell, this is kind of a William Byron situation where he hasn't quite had the results at New Hampshire, but it's over relatively small, you know, sample size because we get one race per year. Well, Michael McDowell has never had a year like he is having this year. Last year came close, but he still finished 23rd in points. Two years ago, he finished 16th in points, but it's only because he got that Daytona 500 win that got him into the playoffs. So far, up to this point in this season, he is having a career year. And if we look at similar tracks, he finished sixth at Richmond, finished ninth at Gateway, Worldwide Technology Raceway, finished 13th at Phoenix. So like the three most similar tracks to New Hampshire, he finished 13th or better at all of them. We know Team Penske, which is the dominant Ford team typically struggles in this aero package. So this is a great track, a great situation to go against Team Penske in some way. Also, the Stuart Haas guys do a little bit better here. Almarola, Priest, Briscoe, but they aren't reliably awesome. All have their ups and downs, even at these types of tracks. Eric Almarola is really good here, but he also has had some misses here at New Hampshire. I think you see the same thing with Briscoe, with Priest. Roush Fenway, Keselowski, yeah, they did the tire test. Yeah, they were pretty good here last year. But are they dominant to the point where Michael McDowell can't sneak in an eighth-place finish and be the top Ford once every 75 races? I think Kevin Harvick is going to be the Ford to beat here. So all it takes is a little bit of slip-up from Kevin Harvick, maybe some rain, and who knows how this could play out. But Michael McDowell, 75-1. to 1, like I, He's had a better year than Austin Sindrick, and Austin Sindrick, that team Penske Ford driver is 45 to one. Like, I think you should be more in that range. So I'm not saying bet this down to 30 to one, 25 to one. No, maybe bet this down to like 50 to one, but 75 to one, just too long for a guy who almost has finished as the top Ford a couple of times this year at these shorter, flatter tracks. The one thing Mike McDowell is undervalued is his qualifying. He always seems to get the most out of running one fast slap. So track positions, huge just in general. So that's always really good. The other thing you mentioned, I mean, potential weather like NASCAR has said that they might run the wet tire on these types of racetracks. Do I want to see that happen? No, I don't. I think it would be a joke, but it's not my call and it's not Nick's call. It's NASCAR's call. And if that happens, I mean, if qualifying gets rained out, McDowell's in a phenomenal spot when it comes to track position to start this race as well if we don't get qualifying because he had a good run last week in Atlanta. So I don't hate this. I agree with you. Harvick's the guy to beat when it comes to the Ford camp, but most places he's plus 300 and you're not betting a Harvick Ford to win, you know, best Ford at three to one on most books. So I love little sprinkle. Like you said, this is a funsy bet, man. This is one of those ones yeah. where you're like, let's have some fun, you know, betting. We all want to make money at the end of the day. Don't get me wrong. But this is a funsy bet. This is a, I could see this happening. It could happen. Who knows? I'm going to throw a little funsy on it. Exactly. It's one of those absolutely unlikely to happen, but I do think it is more likely to happen than one out of every 75 times we come to New Hampshire Speedway with the current state of NASCAR. So those are our four turns. But now we got to drive into victory lane or taking the checkered flag for the crayon 301. What are we going to see in victory lane? 
a Toyota. (laughs) (laughs) Everything we talked about and and like, I love the hedge of betting just a Chevy, not even taking a Chevy driver to win the race and just saying, Hey, I'm going to bet Chevy to win, not Chase Elliott. So I love the hedge of doing that, but yeah, Christopher Bell plus 650. Again, going back to the tire test, he was one of the three drivers that got to do the tire test. He was the Toyota manufacturer tire test. Weather looks iffy for practice and qualifying this week. That could be a huge thing. He's going to be an okay starting spot if we don't get qualifying. I think he's in like that nine to like 12 range, if I remember correctly. So he has the extra track time with the tire, with the new package. He won this race last year and has the third best average finish on short flats this season. He's fast on this type of racetrack. He always has been. Xfinity, everything. Now we're giving him extra track time from the tire test? Like, I mean, I know he's going to be competing with some good drivers up here. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, I've made three outrights, Bell and Truex, and I I love Bell this week at plus 650. Here's Christopher Bell's racing record at New Hampshire when not in bad equipment. So I'm removing the year, his rookie year in the Cup Series when it was Levine Family Racing and was in bad equipment. But when he's in good equipment in the Truck Series at New Hampshire, he finished second and he finished first. In the Xfinity Series, he finished first and he finished first. And in the Cup Series, he finished second and he finished first. So he's literally only finished top two ever at New Hampshire when he's been in good equipment, regardless of the series he's been in. So six and a half to one. Yeah, I think that's right on the edge of value for me. He's the number one driver in my model this week because I said it is pretty track centric. But Larson and Byron are still two and three, pretty neck and neck with Christopher Bell for number one spot. And then I've got Truex number four. But this is just one of those tracks where a driver and a track just seem to be in total synergy. So it's pretty hard to go against Christopher Bell here at New Hampshire. I think you could also bet his top three if you wanted and feel really good about that. But that is going to do it for us. Thank you for listening to the Crayon 301 episode of Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. We'll be back this time next week to talk about bets for the Pocono 400 at, well, Pocono, the tricky triangle. I can't wait to go triangle racing. On behalf of my co-host, Stephen Young, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here next week on Running Hot from Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.